Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, C. Huss, Strip Club DJ Podcast. Uh, I just want to make it very, very clear that uh, obviously we're going to have a pro-black, hyper-political discussion with my boy, Gio Palermo, on this pod. This first segment is a segment that was recorded before the appalling murder of George Floyd by Minnesota police. Uh, So that segment was filmed, or excuse me, recorded beforehand. Uh, That is the reason why it functions as it does. However, immediately following that segment, Gio Palermo and I are going to get into the obvious, uh, you know, news as it is happening right now. So uh, thank you to everybody. And um, I appreciate y'all and uh, check it out. All right. Peace. All right. Boom. So C.O. Piscopo is here. That's right. Trey plus six. That's right. Slip and slide legend, multiple plaque holder, all day, super all day. star music producer, and you got that right. DJ, uh, hype man, choreographer. Uh, Not a choreographer. Well, okay, but accomplished dancer as well. I'm and, not an accomplished dancer. But okay, okay, okay. I'll take it. Okay, okay. Well, he's dancing pretty wild in this Missy challenge that I just <laughs> saw last night, so we can uh, check that out, y'all. And then also just a mentor to uh, to many awesome people. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends, and uh, and you know uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. Uh, has it, have we do, have you been interviewed recently? Not really. I do a radio show every Thursday night on iHeartRadio. That's on WEOW ninety two point seven. You could catch me out. Anytime, eight to nine every Thursday. Man, I did, how did I not even know that? Man, it's all good. You yeah. know, I just do it because I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also you're like a very chill guy. Like you don't like, you don't like. You're not that guy who's like, hey, please support like this thing that I'm doing or like exactly. whatever, you know. But you're always doing all uh, these incredible things. And uh, so yes, yes. Um, you know, uh, CO and I linked up uh, earlier this year a couple times. Trina had shows in uh, Washington, D.C. and Detroit. And I got an opportunity to see him. Um, this, this is a Strip Club DJ podcast. About when did you, with the tablet at the live shows, mm-hmm. about when did I know you mentioned it had been a couple years already. Yeah. Like like three, two or three years ago, you switched over to that? No, it's been like five years. And what were you doing before? I was using Serato at first, but mm-hmm. then I felt like to be more innovative, I wanted to use my videos to do the show. So that was just an easier way to do it. Besides, you know, carrying around a big $2,000 computer everywhere you mm-hmm. go and mm-hmm. wondering if you could hook up into someone's Serato, it was just easier to always just run it mm-hmm. the way I had been running it. Well, and especially, yeah, because... Uh when you show up and and you have the thing that's then on the venue to get that signal in to their feed um so and yeah it's also it's not just a dj setup you have tv you have tv tracks obviously and performance tracks and of course sound for anyone who's ever seen a train show it is really one of the best one of the best hip-hop shows um she's such a great performer and uh you know it's uh it's a lot of records that she has. Like I remember in Detroit, man, and that's the thing. I feel like sometimes it's a little regional because uh, the records from Detroit and the records in DC weren't all the same. Exactly. For example. Uh, so so let's see, man. So um, 
So I guess most recently uh, a place people might have seen you was on stage with Missy at the Super Bowl. Well, no, I've been performing with her for 20 years, so we've right. been doing shows since the Super Bowl. Right, right. Um, but even someone who's, like, not a Missy fan would, yeah, have seen that. My bad. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so 20 years doing that. Yes. And uh, when did, how did y'all meet in the first place? How, how did we meet? I, I think we met at BET. Oh, okay, cool. We were doing a performance at BET, and... She was there, and we all just hung out, went to dinner. Um, after the show, just hanging out, and she just started vibing with the click. She came down to Miami, and she was working on a new album. And uh, every album she did, she always had a different city where she got a vibe from, and uh -huh. she wanted to, you know, come up with different things. So, like, one album was VA, one album was LA. One album was Miami, one album was New York. And just so happened she did this one album in Miami and she just loved the whole slip and slide vibe at the uh, time. Yeah. So um she vibed like that and then she me and my partner at the time, Money Mark, we were doing the show at a club here and she came to the performance and she loved it. And she loved my energy. Ah. Uh. And at that time, she hadn't performed anywhere, so she was saying that she had only done six shows before I performed, but she loved my energy, and she wanted me to come on the road with her wow. to give her that energy. So from that, hey, 20 years later. Plus, I was helping her pick out records. I helped her pick out uh, Work It for her first single. Oh, my Lord. She didn't even like that record, but I was giving her the reason why I thought it was going to be it a It is abrasive, record. but it ended up being incredibly successful. Yeah, it was a big record. Um, what did you see in that abrasiveness? Even though you could tell, could you tell it was kind of like, you know, what was she prickly? Is y'all from a number five year ever? I was yeah. just like, little kids are going to sing that. Yeah. She had another record uh -huh. that she hadn't released. It was another record. Uh -huh. like, I dropped bombs like Flex or something like that, but... She didn't put that out, uh -huh. and she took this one, and I was like, listen, man, that's that's it. And if you read her credits on her album, The Cookbook, uh -huh. you'll see she put me as the chef. Oh, are you serious? Yes. Oh, okay, damn, that's incredible. Or the, no, the taste tester or taste, taste something tester. like that. That's very dope, man. Yeah. That's very dope. I, um... Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I heard you on the phone say to someone they were thanking you for something. You said, "Just give us, just give us a little credit." Uh, oh yeah, that's dope, man. It's, uh, do you miss that? That there aren't those liner notes nowadays. I mean, people. The, what the, I guess the equivalent is like they would make an Instagram post, right? And they would oh, be of like, course. "This is my album," and you know, shout. Exactly. Yeah, man. It was just that was just the time. I guess it's, it's all about generations, you know. We grew up in a generation where we, you love the artwork, you love the, you could appreciate the artwork, you could appreciate the credits, you wanted to see who produced what, mm -hmm. and that was just that time, and I guess, you know, you just have to adjust to what's, what's now. And I'm tripping, because the One Minute Man remix is Luda, Hove, and Trina. Exactly. So, obviously, you're, I'm sure, right in the middle of this happening. Of course, I was at the studio when Trina was uh, recording. And actually, she was sick, but they really needed the record that day. Uh huh. So she went in there. So if you listen to her, 
on that song, her voice is, her voice is very scratchy. Like she for had real? a, a cold, yeah. So you were in with, with Trina for, for a lot of these, her early, you know, a lot of her recordings, period. I brought her in, her first song. Uh-huh. Nan, I brought her in. Actually, I recorded yeah. songs with her before Nan. she even did Nan. So, okay. But, you know, I give credit to Trick. He's the one that, he had a great record, which I was supposed to be on. That's why the record is so short. Uh-huh. But which the, one was that? That was Nan. Oh, you were going to be on that? Yeah, I was supposed to be the third verse, but the label didn't like the record at the time. But they had to put out an album on him, and he he didn't have enough songs on his album, so they just had to put that song on there. If you listen to the album, it's like two songs that have been remixed. Wow, dude. Yeah. I did not know that at all, man. Yeah. Um, holy smokes. The... um. Yeah, and it's interesting because we were just listening to the What Mean the World uh, remix, uh, Cameron, UGK, Ludacris, Jewels, and Trina, and... Um, she was supposed to be on the original version of for that. For real? And uh, the label at the time, they didn't want to pay her. Columbia didn't uh -huh. want to pay her. I think it was like five grand or something like that. That was, yeah, they were pinching pennies because they didn't want to pay Mace to be in that cam video, legendarily. That right. verse was you. You were there when she recorded that one. Of course. That would. Can you tell me about what anything you remember about that session? Um, the, they're recording it and they're thinking it's gonna be on the original. No, we okay. recorded it afterwards. Okay. They came back afterwards. After and just okay. Got it. But she was supposed to be on the original version, but we were like really hyped because at the time we were like really excited about New York. You know, yeah. like. Kids from Miami, we never went outside of Florida. Yeah. So the times, before the music, we had money. We were running in the streets, so we had our little money. We would take trips to New York, go to DJs, and go to Harlem and get our clothes and shoes and things that nobody had. You know, hanging out in Manhattan. We stayed yeah. in, a, I think it was the Flat Hotel over in Manhattan. Yeah. The nice suite. Flat art. And, um... You know, we, you know, walking down Manhattan, going to get your pizza and your sandwiches from the deli. They right, had the right, big right. horses and carriages. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So we were, like, blown away by the horses and carriages. You guys are calling a circle, okay, yeah. So when when Mace came, <laughs> when Cameron Horse came out with that song, <laughs> we were, like, blown away. Like, we were uh, really... <laughs> and he had Mace on the hook, so we yeah. were, like, really in in tune to like Cameron at the time so when he asked to do his second single was that what means the world to you mm -hmm. we're like man this is they send you the beat yeah you, it's classic sample Good. amazing flip of yeah. a classic sample and immediately Trina's like I'm let's down let's do it yeah but they didn't want to pay her mm -hmm. to do it and the label at the time was like it probably was you just never know because you know they'll pay her but then they still had to pay the label Right. So maybe it was something deeper than they were pinching pennies. No, yeah, no. Deeper than rap. It was deeper than just the song, but the the remix got done. Her verse is fucking incredible. Well, yeah. and that's a that's a great time uh, in music because you're starting to have those first kind of collaborative meetings between Southern hip hop and New York hip hop. Yeah. Like I remember uh, the first time I visited Miami, I was uh, younger, but it was around that time when uh, "What Mean the World" you was out, and I remember. 
that Jay-Z Can I Get a What was like a big hit down here. Oh, yeah. And it kind of had that like sort of Miami like bop to it. Can I hit it in Whoa. the morning? Oh, my God. Right? Um, yeah. And I was, you know what I was thinking in retrospect? Uh, you know Cardi's voice? She sounds like a mill. Oh, of course. Like just because they're both Latinx and from NYC, a lot of it is part. But yeah, I think Emil was from Uptown too, so. Mel more so had a very subtle, soft voice. Very, very soft. Yeah, yeah, Cardi has the turn up side and the, the regular. Yeah, but they have that twang, that New York twang. This, um, yeah. man, wow, this is this is so great. I mean, that that's unbelievable. So with, uh, so with Trina, you, you DJ the sh- a lot of the shows, virtually well, actually, every do, show. I wouldn't say manager. I do more so consulting her. Okay. So, since I brought her into the music business, and you know, once you grow, you lose a lot of relationships. Instead of her letting her just window away, I couldn't let it just fall apart. So yeah. I was there. I helped her with just putting shows together, uh-huh. and just been on the road with her ever since. So it's just like. I'm a package. I'm a package yeah. deal. I'm the road manager. I'm the DJ. I'm the security guard. I'm the booking agent. Yeah. And it just saves money, and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about a whole bunch of other yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, that's that's my bad. I, I didn't mean to be like, yeah, just DJing, because, yeah, you're helping with these classic records that she's writing. Uh, that's my bad. The uh, But, yes, and it does. And for anyone, it is amazing. That's part of the reason why it was so cool for me to come, mm-hmm. because you realize it's just me and CO up here. Like, if someone starts acting funny, and he will, in D.C., I think you did, you did, uh, you know, we kind of had, you know, like, had to tell someone, like, yo, chill out, or whatever, and y'all can't be up here, type, or really, I think what you, what you ended up doing was telling the club security, you were yeah, like, hey, you, know, you guys need to get to, you need to secure the border rope, or whatever. I, you know, I play my position, man, I'm not yeah. gonna get in the way, and I know a lot of people, especially when you're out there in the streets, a lot of people... You know, they have jobs and they have instructions on what they're supposed to do, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to overstep my boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I have respect for everybody where I go, so I'm not going to tell the security guard what to do when he mm-hmm. was already told to do something, so, you know, you tell his people to tell him what to do. Right, right, right. And just stay out of your way. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, the last, was that the most recent show Trina did in D.C.? Probably still, it was like 18 yeah. months ago. Oh, she's been back there since? Yeah, she's been back. We actually do... Club Bliss. Tr- Trina does 150 shows a That's year. That's what, man, she, oh. Uh, she does 150 shows a year. Go for uh, it, man, go for her. Bliss Nightclub books her for... They love her. At least 10 shows a year. They love, 10 a year? Yeah. Oh, man, so she's basically there almost every month basically that's amazing dude actually before this coronavirus we had two shows back to back it Uh was that friday night memorial day weekend and saturday it was a gay pride night friday Mm -hmm. and a regular night that saturday how does how does yeah and that's such an interesting thing this um you know like trick being just like thugs are us you know but but over time a huge part of trina's fan base is lgbtq because she spoke for the she spoke for the women yeah Yeah, she always spoke for women Mm -hmm. and you know most gay guys are really like just ratchet girls so and they like trick daddy too yes (laughs) but they they're just ratchet girls so when they hear her and she's ratchet that gives them a chance to really like express themselves yeah yeah so that's how it goes i've been such a big fan uh over the years man and um wanna can i ask you about a couple of my favorite of her records 
You ask me about my records. Okay, damn. You want to do an interview on me or you want to do an interview on Trina? No, I'm just taking it where it's going, man. All right, so so, okay, so look. So what's one of your Trina's records? Let's go from there. I was going to say Million Dollar Girl with Puff and uh, Carrie Nelson. That's a very dope record. Yeah. I mean, every album, she's actually one of the biggest. uh, She had the most albums as a hip-hop female artist. No other female artist had as many albums as she had. Mm-hmm. So at the time it was like her fifth album, mm-hmm. and um, that's a major accomplishment. Now you think about every female rapper from mm-hmm. the beginning of time; she mm-hmm. has the most. Out Latifah, of Kim, Queen Foxy, Latifah, Kim, Foxy, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill only had one album, which yeah, is incredible. One and a half, yeah. Fuji's in. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh man, yeah. I just man, that song was so dope, man. I never forget the first time I heard it on Hot 97. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy so million dollar girl we was just like man just a chance to really work with puff daddy at mm-hmm. the time it was mm-hmm. like amazing like oh we felt like that was it we were going across the world after that and he was just coming off the the album that had the carrie hilson single and um the christina yeah, aguilera the, the press play yeah yeah he was just off the last train to paris or something like that so and then the one other uh real quick is the tory lanes Tory Lanez, yes. Tory Lane is a very talented guy. Very man. talented he man. He actually yeah. started here. Well, he's from Miami. For real. Yeah, he went to school in Miramar, and mm-hmm. we were just around him and doing records. And mm-hmm. he had a whole bunch of records before. She mentioned they had one before. Yeah, um, had a whole bunch of records, and. It's just good to see him at the top of the game right now. That is a fucking dope ass song, man. Yes. That song is fucking crazy. Yes. Like, and now the thing I love about it is it has that like, it's like a it's like a banger, but it has that soul yeah. feel to it, like yes. that soul sample. And you know, a lot of times it's like people go and you're like, okay, I can see this artist is trying to make like a Just Blaze, Kanye, Bink type Rockefeller soul, quote unquote soul beat. Yeah. But that was like, just it had the club, the the club uh, trap drums, but. That sample, man, that shit, and then, and yo, her verse, man, oh my god, dude, that's, it's, that's crazy, because I'm like, wow, that was just such an incredible verse, man. Yeah, she's very dope. The, uh, alright, so to give some background to the listeners, you are not only on the ground floor, you're in the foundation of Slip and Slide. First artist on Slip and Slide record First, with, uh, Money Mark, we had a Money group Mark. called Trey Plus Six. Trey Plus Six. Independent artist at the time, so... I mean, we really wanted it bad. We tried to put a team together. At the time, Trick Daddy was locked up, so he would send us raps in jail, from jail. And just uh-huh. it was just fortunate that when he got out, he uh-huh. did a talent show with Luke. Uh-huh. And from the talent show with Luke, he, uh, he won the talent show. So from winning the talent show, Luke was going to put him on the song. So Luke uh-huh. put him on the song. At the time, it was called Scar, one of the biggest records in Miami, one of the biggest bass records in Miami at the time. But he just had a, de- he wasn't like a bass artist. He was like really dope. Uh-huh. So he wasn't signed to Luke. And the guy who ran Slip and Slide at the time, he was like friends with Trick's brother at the time and persuaded him to come over. Mm-hmm. And from that, I helped him put his first album together and it was really big. So at the time, you know, you're coming off a big record from like Scar. So he was really popular at the time. So mm-hmm. 
we put out records, but it wasn't popular at the time. But when he put it out, it blew up the label even more. And from that, uh, they wanted a second album from him. Mm -hmm. And that's when Nan came out and just took the label to another level. But the label at the time was like, they were more like opportunists, more so than like hustlers to say, okay, we're gonna put everybody out. They yeah. didn't want to spend the money, so they just put, they'll put Trick's album out. Oh, Trina got really big. Let's just put an album out on her. Yeah. But um, we had a lot of artists at the time. Ross was there, mm -hmm. Lost Tribe. How early was Ross arriving there? He was there around the time we did Take It to the House. Okay, wow. So that was going to be my next question. So another thing for the background for the listeners at home. Uh, Slip and Slide Records. This is this a compilation album or is it one on one of Trick's albums? Uh, Trick's well, album. the Thugs R Us album was basically a compilation That's album, a, but uh, Atlantic Records wanted, felt like compilations wouldn't sell, so they just called it a Trick Daddy album well, and called it Thugs R Us. He was only on six records. <laughs> Trey Plus had six records and a slew of other artists That's had records. That's mathematical symmetry. Yeah. The, so, so, just for the listeners at home. The first voice that you hear on Slip and Slide, Take It to the House, classic beat, classic sample. That was one of my records. You did this? Yeah, that was my record yeah. for my 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 album. Mm -hmm. But they this wanted, was a CO record. Yeah, it was a record for me and my my Money um, Mark. Me and Money Mark uh -huh, for uh -huh. Trey Plus. But they used it for the compilation. Yes. The and so the first voice you hear on Take It to the House, classic beat is Boogie Shoes sample. But uh, is now people uh Casey and the Sunshine. Yeah, yes, Casey, yes. Uh is uh to all my people all across the world, this one goes out to all the boys and girls. That first voice yeah. that you hear on that record is Me. Yes, the gentleman I'm sitting next to. So That was a song we heard the sample, like it's been renditions of that sample. Uh huh. Done many times and actually I was like a big fan of Grand Pooba at the time. Mm -hmm. Brand Nubian. Okay. And, uh, one for all and yeah. all for one sample. They did a remix and they used that sample. So when you hear my lyrics, when I rap in the second verse, uh -huh. all I did was just flip Grand Poobah's lyrics. Which, okay, remind me what that was. Well, now that it's one? time to get down with your boy CEO. Yeah. Me and Money Mark and a big. Yeah. I think. Okay, uh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I yeah. I think uh, Grand uh -huh. Poobah was like. It was the same thing, but yeah. I just put my little twist to it. Man, man, yo, it is, it is incredible, incredible song, uh, incredible music video. Um, do you, do you remember at the time they come to you and they say we're gonna do this video and it's gonna be a basketball tournament? Yeah, but nobody liked the video. They, no one liked the song. Trina didn't want to do so the video. So was Trick this coming from Atlantic because Master P had make him say uh and it was successful or something, or whose idea? They just felt like it was a a song for sports. So yeah. that's why they wanted to do. Well, a hey, it ended video. up working that way, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's now an iconic phrase. Yeah. That is associated with any time somebody runs a punt or a kickoff back Take in football. For the <laughs> that is fucking legendary, man. All right, this is segment one. Co pissing ball. Uh, we'll be back after this. in my garden. To keep and carry it, you've got to water it. 
Episcopo, Trey Plus Six, Slip and Slide Legend on the first segment. Uh, we're going to have another segment with him coming up, uh, hopefully within the next couple weeks. Big up to him, the others, my guy EJ, everybody down there in Miami holding it down. Uh, I got my boy Gio Palermo on deck. What's going on, bro? What up, what up? You already know. Uh, you know, it just dawned on me... Uh, at the time of the Dallas police shootings, right, when Micah X shot and killed five Dallas police officers before succumbing to a uh, robotically delivered uh, bomb, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter was radioactive. Uranium. You could not touch it. Um, so... I just want to start by saying both of us obviously condemn the appalling murder of George Floyd by the Minnesota police. There's a whole bunch of things that we're going to talk about, but the shift on Black Lives Matter is just really fascinating to me because I think now it's being co-opted by a lot of people, um, not because they care about black lives, but because they want to oust the president and I'm not taking a side either way. Obviously, I said many times, I think Donald Trump is a fucking moron and not a good person. And listen, I know we're not supposed to say this word, but when I see Donald Trump messing with that Bible, he looks retarded. Mm. I know we're not supposed to use that word, but I'm sorry. I was born in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s and like... I just, I don't know how else to say it, you know? Like, he does well, not look like, looks like a, a He looks like a mentally retarded person. So, okay, well, you could say, you could say his mental faculties are, are declining rapidly. So, I say that to say this. Black people, <laughs> you don't need me to tell you anything. Here's another thing. White people, shut the fuck up, all right? Like, if you absolutely need to post something, like, okay, I guess, like, whatever. But if you can get by without posting, maybe just don't fucking post. Or maybe post like a Kendrick Lamar song or a Tupac song or a James Baldwin speech or like a fucking Fred Hampton speech. You know, it doesn't have to be you saying something. 
you know, maybe you can just find stuff to retweet, you know, from like black people. Um, because I'm looking at these pictures of these democratic senators, not all of whom are, look, if you're a black Senator, I'm not here to tell you anything. However, if you are a white Senator or congressperson, and you are kneeling in a daishiki scarf and you don't have a black spouse or some black kids, you look fucking insane mm. to me. Okay. Like you just look like someone who is like, so clearly, I mean, what do you think about that, bro? Five years ago, they basically blamed the Dallas police shootings on black lives matter. You know what I'm saying? Oh Yeah. I mean, was that, was there any truth to that? Like, was this the guy who did it? No, I don't think so. Other than the fact that they're both, they were both black people, you know? And like, they both probably believe like that black lives matter, you know, on a literal level. Um, Micah X was a tripped out dude, man. He was a service member. You know what I'm saying? He was, it's really kind of an underreported story uh, in retrospect. And so, you know, Micah X, look, Micah X came to fucking play. You know what I'm saying? So you guys got to remember, you people at home who are like talking shit or whatever, these oligarchs, they play this like a sport. Okay? They high-five each other when their opponents like die in real life. Okay? This is not capitalism. This is hyper-capitalism. Okay? Without monopoly, you die. This is not democracy. This is inverted totalitarianism and if you oppose some shit publicly you get murdered on the anniversary you announced the said opposition for there are no accidents including in my opinion george floyd okay the virus the riots and the bricks there's photograph of derek chauvin uh, on stage you know within close proximity to the president at a at a rally you know uh and i just I don't understand what was going on with this, but maybe if George Floyd was counterfeiting or something, then maybe some bank, you know, kind of put a hit out on him or something because I just, I've never seen anything like that. You know what I mean? I mean, we've seen like some stuff that's like really bad. We've seen a lot of stuff that's really bad, but this is my next point. I think we need another step to being Mirandized, right? Where if you're getting arrested, uh, you're entitled to a lawyer, you know, anything you say where we hold against you, you are entitled to emergency medical service evaluation prior to your transport to detention. What would you think about something like that? Well, it makes, it makes too much sense for it to probably be done, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, then I think that's a great the EMS idea. EMS can show up and they can be like, "Look, man, I wasn't here before these fuckers arrested you. I don't know if they're racist. They probably are, you know. But I can either come in with you or not, you know. And I can basically be present the whole time. You're fucking detained, you know. Like we need to start treating this shit like an actual thing, you know, and not just like some fucking thrown together bullshit where like anyone can get a job and like." Also, Greg Popovich, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? They're talking, oh, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich. Great. That's what I want right now is a CIA podcast. How many CIA podcasts? Why do I want a CIA podcast right now? I don't know. Why would I want that? You know? Steve Kerr? Dude, 
and listen, as far as the civil unrest, you and I, I, we predicted this would happen. We said months ago, when you give people an indefinite, you know, detention sentence, basically, with no end in sight, with not being like, hey, July 4th, you know, we'll have some things back. Don't worry, guys. Yada, yada. When you just say, hey, uh, you know, it's not looking good and we don't know when the fuck shit's going to come back. This should have happened a while ago. I'm surprised it took, you know, basically four full months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this know, is the man. other question I want to ask you, right? If you and I have a Manhattan boutique, right? And we boarded it up in March. Why is there still inventory inside of it in June? There's no, no good reason unless you were just about to open up again. Or it's like textbook New York City, like union trapping laziness where they're like, I don't empty, you empty the store. Yeah, I could see no, that No, no, no. This store can't be emptied unless all the items are purchased or stolen. This fucking inventory, this fucking garment, you, there probably is a garment union, right? Yeah, I bet. I bet it is like some garment union shit. It's just so good. I can picture you like in another life just being like entrenched in the garment union like negotiations. <laughs> How good would that be? I mean, I'm not sure which side you'd be on, but well, I would fear you. Don't never, you never know. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you never know I, but what But that happens. being said, I mean, you and I are obviously in agreement. Black Lives Matter. We had a person of color on my podcast last week. We had a person of color who was scheduled to come on this week, but he declined. Because, you know, we were going to talk about some other stuff and he said that he was just, you know, angry and he's not ready to do this yet. And listen, white people, this, you know, to, don't text your black friend and, it, oh, I'm thinking, okay, because I'm your only black friend, you're thinking, I, you know, like, what the fuck are you even talking about, you know? And I appreciate my homeboy, uh, Ill DJ, who will be back in another week or so, but he sent me a lot of interesting images and one of the ones that I noticed is, in a lot of these New York protests, you can take a screenshot of the whole crowd, man. You can look all the way through it, dude. And it is like almost all white people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that. I, I, like if, if I was black, I'd look at what I was seeing and be like, man, that's pretty cool that people are this up. You know, people are really outraged by this. And, it's, and if you look at the sheer volume of how many people have marched for how many days in how many different cities across the world... Like, regardless of what you think of the message of the main message of Black Lives Matter or whether you're like, I can't believe you'd say Black Lives Matter without saying Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or any of that shit, whatever. It's just like the people have spoken. The people have spoken. Uh, now, what we do with that, that's a good that's the question, because if you start talking to like the people up in Minneapolis, I mean, they're talking about abolishing the police and the ACLU tweeted earlier today that they are abolishing the police. So that is like, I, I, hey, look, maybe they've got, maybe they know what they're doing and I'm just a, a fool and have so no clue. But yeah. man, that does not sound like a good idea to me, to abolish well, the police. Well, gonna, they're going to restructure it and it'll probably be like, a, it'll probably be something like they did in Camden, New Jersey. But so there are some quote unquote good things that are happening, you know, and it's like, it's not good that George Floyd gets murdered. It's not good that, uh, officer got shot in Oakland and killed. Now, 
in the middle of civil unrest mayhem, it sounds like a pretty good time to settle or even an interagency score to me. You know, yeah. if you're DEA and I'm FBI and I got a beef with you, I mean, it just seemed a little weird to me, you know, that they got this fucking pop this dude in Oakland, you know, who's FBI agent and there's fucking no suspects. Anyways, guy got shot in Vegas, also fucked up. The gentleman who lost his life. In St. Louis, I believe, the former yeah, police captain who went to check on the pawn shop. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. That was super fucked up. And this is the thing. You know, it's amazing. It's all this stuff going on, and all of a sudden you hear Tupac Shakur music playing at these protests, you know, and Kendrick Lamar instead of fucking Little Gravy and Little Dicky, you know? <laughs> and it's like that is a good thing. You know, Tupac and Kendrick over Playboy Cardi and Young Thug is a good thing. Okay, the question is, why can't Kendrick and Tupac play and George Floyd not arbitrarily be murdered? Uh, and furthermore, George Floyd's offenses were, in this particular situation, nonviolent. You know, if this yeah, is a DUI assault, he had a gun. It's a confrontation between a perp and an arresting officer. It's a forgery charge. It's not even larceny. It's a scam. It's not a robbery. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, honestly, like, I'm not sure... If there is anything that he could have done or purportedly done that where I'd be like, yeah, it's warranted that he died from that. <laughs> you know and what I mean? So, like, there's no like there's I mean, even if he killed someone, I'd still be like, he doesn't like you can't just kill him. We got to do this the right way, you know, so I, I don't see in any like I don't really care what he was or wasn't doing before or what got him apprehended. I mean, we've seen the video like I, I just I don't know how you can be like, oh, that was totally cool. The thing you know, that you know, Amino Hassan brought in a point where he's like, even if you're the you know kind of in the corner for the guy, this is what kind of makes me think it must be a psyop, right? Because how could you not be like, oh, this is going to be really bad, and kind of be like, oh yeah, let me give, let me get some, you know, and kind of just like fake stomp just to break up the asphyxiation. Oh yeah, like anybody with half a brain can see this is going to go terribly for fucking all of us unless we are being paid millions of dollars and have assurances coming from on high that if we participate in this, you know, murder video, we're going to be taken care of or something. This is honestly going to come to a point where we're going to start convicting these police officers and then they're going to just build their own facility, you know? <laughs> like El Padrino? To, to house them, yeah. yeah. And also, white people, don't post screenshots of you, quote-unquote, excommunicating your family members from fucking Facebook. All you do when you do that is tell me that you have racist family members. And that shames you because you're part of the family. And it's <laughs> nobody's business. No, You know, it's just not like, like I said, man, look at what some positive, smart black people are doing. There are millions of them out there. Look at, uh, you know, maybe Cornell West. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe retweet some Cornell West tweets or something you know just like lord have mercy man yeah well let me ask you this why do you think uh because because to me i look at what's what's like i look at isolated now it's you can't look at this isolated but when i look at this as an isolated incident right like just looking at the george floyd thing i don't necessarily look at it and go all those cops were racist i go all those cops are over eager. <laughs> they're like, there's, they suffer, you they know? suffer from an associative disorder, you know, that probably yeah. happens to people in, 
you know, military squadrons and, you know, people who are hostages and it's definitely a psychosis. Yeah. So, so like, how do you think it got spun? I mean, because I obviously, because George Floyd is, is black or was black like that. I can see why it's immediately relevant, clearly. One of the arresting officers is, like, Asian-American, and one of the others was a mixed-race African-American, I think, so. Mm -hmm. But, like, how do you think it became, the message, because to me, and I could be wrong here, the message that I see on social media and all the, the news outlets and CNN and everything is basically, this is a racism problem, not this is an, a, a police problem. It's both. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And it's it's also like a sentencing problem. Like, here's the other thing, right? Like, I want people to make sure, and listen, Bill Simmons had this guy on um, from the Eight Can't Wait campaign about these eight changes that basically, in 90% of the cases, the mayors can just, you know, um, just like in Minnesota, you know, they needed nine out of 12 city council to have veto proof, right? So the mayor can do a lot of shit. And if they do these eight things, banning chokeholds, a lot of other shit, it will supposedly, you know, reduce the fatalities by 72%. So there's a lot of shit that, you know, that, that needs to happen. It's like chokeholds and the sensitivity training, and it's been shown that body cameras, you know, don't really work. And, um, you know, guns are a big part of it. And um, it's... It's, it's both. And, but people need to focus on that accountability vacuum because there is an accountability vacuum. Like in New York City, for example, the police don't, the NYPD, they don't answer to anyone. De Blasio can't, now De Blasio is fighting with them, you know, they, he fought with them when he came in, they whooped his ass and he kowtowed to them. And now he's fighting them again, you know, and they're saying that, you know, the commissioner and the chief might be out and, you know, a couple hundred others might be resigning or whatever. But uh, the mayors have power, you know, and you we need to focus our attention on that because there is this this accountability vacuum when something like this happens and then, you know, someone like Dylan Roof is uh, apprehended alive. You know, uh, that that's like the arresting structure. That's the arresting officers. That's the arresting agencies. That's the arraigning agencies, the arraigning offices. You know, this is judges and, you know, commanding officers. You know, in some cases, it's honestly, it's like the same, you know, people who are there, you know, at Waco and at Ruby Ridge and fucking Oklahoma City. You know, like, that's the other thing is like, don't, don't let this make you think that it's just one layer because it's not, you know, there is still a clandestine war being waged between the Anglo, you know, Zionist American deep state and the, you know, Pan-African nationalist, you know, black liberation army, black Panther offshoot deep state. And, you know, these are real, these are real forces, you know, that have never really stopped clashing and when you see a photo of Derek Chauvin next to someone like Donald Trump and then you see a photo of George Floyd next to someone like Steven Jackson you just can't help but wonder if it's so simple you know 
Is that uh, is that picture of him next to Trump? Is that definitely real? Because I thought that was like confu- I thought that was part of the same picture set that was like they were saying, "Oh no, it's this alt right guy who's who's." Known I think for it's just it was just a Minnesota rally, man. I think probably a few hundred officers got a chance to walk by, and I don't know. I mean, well, should we fact check that real quick? Uh, yeah, I mean, if we can, if we can. I don't think that it's like him and Chauvin are, you know, having a drink at the fire. Oh, right, right. I but I, just, I just think people, I, or at least what I saw, there were people going, Hey, this is, this is the guy. And then yeah. other people are going, no, yeah, it's actually him, not. No, that's him at the rally. It looks pretty fucking real. Okay. Well, oh, it says fact check. He wasn't at the thing. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. It's fine. Doesn't fucking, you know. So, whatever. um, what do you think is going to be the end risk? Cause like. Everybody loves to like express these awesome platitudes of like Black Lives Matter and like we need change, we demand change now. What the f- what does change look like? What do you think? What would you I think? Do? It's these eight things. And for me, I would like I support everything that the eight can't wait gentlemen had. Everybody needs to check out that campaign. Eight can't wait. It's eight things that change in the department. And you know, if you do it in the major police departments, they think they can reduce the fatalities by seventy. Yeah, it's just like de-escalation of of things, right? I personally would like to see, and I know they can't do this because it's probably like a liability. You know, like some white supremacist lawyer is like ready to sue them or something. But I would like to see someone like Stephen Jackson or Jamie Foxx at the helm of Black Lives Matter. That's just me personally. I would also, if I you know, we're consulting or whatever, I'd be like, hey, man, let's, um, you know that kid who's in jail who filmed Eric Garner's death? Let's uh, let's demand his release, you know? Let's demand the release of Matulu Shakur. Let's demand the arrest of the officers who shot Breonna Taylor. You know, uh, let's demand no bail in all these arrests, you know? Let's... Let's uh, let's demand some things. Um, I mean, because like we, I think it, it would be nice to deliver the other side a few small victories, and I think there's a few that could be easily won, you know. But that's just me looking at it, you know. I this is the strange thing about it because Black Lives Matter does not have a catalytic leader. It does not have, you know, it's not Martin Luther King nonviolent yeah, marching. It's not Malcolm X with radical. Maybe it is, you know? I don't, but I think that's kind of like a strength. I think that's like a pretty good strength of it, though, because there are different like leaders popping up and going, hey, here's what we should do, you know, and then people getting behind them and supporting their their ideas and stuff. So I think ultimately it's probably a benefit, but maybe not. I don't you know, I'm not sure. I'm not. No, I think sure. I think, look, we're not here to critique Black Lives Matter. It's I'm sure you're right. Listen, let me ask you this, though, straight up. Is the shift on black lives matter from the democrats and even people with inside the republican party is it because they actually care about black lives or is it because they're desperate to get rid of the sitting president man i don't know i so you're basically saying like hey or is this like when you see being mitt romney by, yeah when yeah. you see mitt romney tweet black lives matter well, I is it because I mean, he cares about black people or because it's part of some, uh, you know, keychain in the process to try to oust the sitting president? I don't know. I, I, I think it's one of those things where it's probably honestly on a case by case basis, because there was the, uh, the, the example of the guy, some police chief in some I don't know if it was Michigan or some, some town where 
he was he <laughs> he was accidentally on Facebook Live and he was talking with his wife about like they were watching the news and they were talking about the protests and stuff and they were saying like pretty like disparaging things. So on one hand, I'm like, yeah, it seems like this is different. You know, it seems like people really get the understanding that like, hey, this is just not acceptable. If we cannot be having people dying from fucking just getting like just get arrested. You don't have to fucking die when you're getting arrested. You know what I mean? But if we're then, not in quarantine, do you think that happens to this? I think the same degree? thing happens. Oh, oh, oh wait, 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 really? oh, you mean you mean the the movement? If we're watching baseball and NBA no, playoffs, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think this and was there's no coronavirus. I think George Floyd was literally the perfect storm of all these things kind of coming together. I agree. And I mean, hey, maybe ultimately that's going to be the best thing that ever happened for everything for everybody it was you know? sad right to see his daughter say daddy changed the world but he did like he did he lit like how are th- there are still fucking marches going now and it's like how many that was two weeks ago wasn't it listen man that was two weeks ago and people are still marching in cities around the world this so isn't this like is just black cities in america is like are, are they doing it or like is it white people like Look, so Just, much of it, I bet you, is fucking white people not really knowing what's going on and yeah. being like, hey, I really need to make sure I'm on the right side of this social trend yeah, here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. be like, hey, Black Lives Matter. I might not really know what that means or why I'm doing it. But and OK, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe it is good. I thought it was like the one NFL guy when he was like, why is that so hard? He was like to say he was like, Black Lives Matter. He was like, why can't people say it? It's like, because. Jerry Jones told everybody to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. Motherf- you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. You fucking motherfucker. You won't kneel on my fucking sideline, boy. So, okay. I, so, did you hear Goodell's statement? Dude, they are going to kneel. So, they, are they going to just gonna allow kneel. the kneeling? Dude, Peter King said it basically flatly on Dan Patrick today. They're going to be allowed to kneel all they he want. Would, he didn't say they're going to be. He said, I expect. I would expect. They? That you know more than a f- one or two, you know. Well, if I'm if I'm an NFL player and I heard those remarks, I'd be like, that means I'm good to to kneel. I'm cool to kneel, and I'm not going to be facing any discipline from the league or the team. I mean, if we watched a cop fucking knee a guy to death, then I don't. If you're Roger Goodell, like, how do you? It's all you can do is not broadcast the national anthem. And real quick, I just want to sideswipe Drew Brees. Is there anybody worse than flag guy? Mm, fucking flag guy, guy who is like, you know what, man? You know what happens when I see the flag, man? And then he proceeds to tell you, you know? I, here, here's what I will say about that. Definitely not very good timing on Drew Brees' part. And like, it seems a little tone deaf the way he said it. But... It's not like he said, I'm anti-Black Lives Matter. I'm anti-this. He just said, I so, so, will right. not so disrespect the flag. So he basically received, he received the symmetric reciprocal of what Kaepernick got. He was like, why, why would I be anti-Black Lives Matter? I'm talking about this, you know? Or Kaepernick's like, why would I be ostracized from the NFL? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Totally. And, but also, it's terrible timing. And furthermore, dude, you're flag man. Like, yeah, and then like I, he has when to flag man better, is talking to flag guy, and flag man is like, yo, man, you know what happens when you see the flag man? 
that's bullshit, man. Because what happens when I see the flag is what's supposed to happen, man. And it just comes flag guy versus flag man. Well, okay, so I just think like the mob mentality completely over like that they completely overreacted to what Drew Brees said. No, like he's a fucking. I don't moron. think it's that big Number of a deal one, to say, fuck "Hey, Drew Brees, fuck I, his facial thing his, that he his, got removed." Okay, his poop mark. <laughs> fuck Drew Brees. Okay, he's his a fucking moron. He's a good old boy. He's a fucking dude. This is another thing. Like I heard someone. God, I can't remember who it was. It was on the Athletic, or maybe it was Black Opinions Matter, but they were like, the scary thing is not like the coach that kind of like has an intellectual and nuanced understanding of racism and probably wouldn't want his daughter to like date a person of color. The scary thing is the coach who's been going into Opelaka for 25 years and bringing in players based on the notion that they need football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. That I'm going to get my players based on their need to succeed. And in some cases in Opelaka, this has been going on for like almost 50, 60 years. And I don't want an Andrew Luck, you know, because Andrew Luck, he can opt out of football at any time. You know, I want, I want Ed Reed, you know, I want fucking uh, Antonio. I want literally a homeless person. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Hungry as shit, man. To go to Central Michigan. Well, and that's that's you know where the cycle is sort of the snake eating its tail, right? Because this racism cycle and plantation politics of entertainment, sports in America, you can play it to your advantage, obviously, you know. But for every Michael Jordan, there is like fifty-five thousand Corleone Youngs, you know, or Delonte Wests. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, just Drew Brees, just shut the fuck up, man. Because if you're, dude, that offense, they look pretty good with Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater last year, buddy. Yeah, not so too bad, just, man. Just Who knows? shut Drew the fuck up. Brees. And also, when seeing a lot of people tweeting uh, lists of black-owned businesses to support, which I think is super dope, uh, I noticed that many, many of these black-owned businesses are uh, of Jamaican or West Indian or caribbean proprietorship no shit and i just want to say shout out to all those people yeah they don't um, get enough this, love man they dude, don't get this stuff love. is complicated man racism look a lot of white people are very racist and white versus black racism is definitely the biggest problem in our country right now for sure simultaneously racism is multifaceted you have dominican guys jesus and miro make fun of this character you know like the afro dominican grandfather who uses the N-word referring to, you know, black people. And it's like, it's almost like the Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, blind Klansman, right? Yeah, yeah. Clayton Bigsby. Like, <laughs> you've, got, you've got fucking, you know, uh, Caribbean people who are, you know, prejudiced against African-American people. You've got African-American people who are prejudiced against African immigrants. You've got oh, yeah. white people who are prejudiced against Mexicans. Like, um. I mean, it goes yeah, every way. It goes, something ev- it goes every way. Right, but w- I, we talked about that when I was in college, like a little bit, you know, like inherent prejudice. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, like, kids nowadays, they want to act like they fucking know everything, and it's like, dude, I get it, man, but, like, that was a fucking complex-ass time of my college education, you know, and I didn't fucking ace that course. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fucking Like, up. when I was forced to think about, write about, and confront, inherit 
prejudice, I got like a fucking C plus, you know? And I don't think that there is anyone like in the people who do have an A plus understanding are the people we need to be listening to, you know? And I listened to Craig Hodges today on the cookies podcast and he's just so dope, man. Like the guy's from the Bay area. His mom was in, you know, community activism, black organization in you know, the Bay area, the guy wore a white daishiki to the fucking white house. You know what I'm saying? And delivered a letter to George Bush senior, you know? And like was basically, he was basically the Colin Kaepernick of the NBA. Hmm. And he also shot 49% from three in 1992 and won back-to-back NBA championships and also won the three-point shootout back-to-back years. Can we just give that a shout-out next year? Because, my goodness, that is insane. Like, that is so awesome. Yeah, he was the fucking man, dude. He was the fucking man. And it's funny because he was talking about it. It's like everybody, it's like, oh, Michael struggled because he had all these teammates. Craig Hodges is like, well, you know, he didn't have to struggle like that. You know, I was there for him. But you know, he got blackballed from, from the league. Fucking hell, man. Now, another thing Peter King said, he thinks that there are a group of players who want some sort of quote-unquote additional satisfaction with regard to Colin Kaepernick. What does that Do mean? you think it could mean a mention of his name, an official apology, a backroom back-channel apology, or it could mean straight up, like... Uh, you know, he we want him to be the backup on, um, like, dude, and let's also, just to have some transparency about how honest of a white and pro-black and just pro-humane podcast we are, I think we can both say right now that if Colin Kaepernick was a quarterback of the Saints last year, they would not have fared, you know, far better or worse than they did with Drew Brees. I'd have to I'd have to look at Breeze's numbers, but on from what I remember, yeah, that, that's what it felt like. Because yeah, I think it, if anybody with half a brain basically knows Colin Kaepernick could step into a functional NFL team right now and lead it to be at least nine and seven or ten and six. I I'm not sure about that, but there's no. He's doubt only in my 31, mind, dude. There's no doubt you in my mind he, he could be a backup on a team. Like there's no reason why he couldn't be a backup. Like I mean, dude, a let's second talk string. About, there's no some reason. of the guys that are starting right, like Trubisky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, Drew the Locke. Lions started Matt Blau for several games That's last incredible. year. Incredible. Dude, Jake Fromm is out here making idiotic comments to his, you know, girl's best friend who they probably like had a threesome with and then totally she fucked him over. Oh, she fucked him over pretty bad, but he said well, it. Well, he fucked himself, but he yeah. Said it. He wrote it. Say. Jesus so, Christ. all right, here's the brass. Let's get down to the brass tacks here. What the fuck is going to happen? We're going to get sleepy, Joe Biden, I'm afraid. Do you think I that is the result sure. of all of this? Because, I, I mean, I this think, could not have yeah. been better time, or like, maybe it could have been better, but this is pretty good timing for uh, Joe Biden, I would say, like all this stuff happening. But he, did you see he came out today and said, his campaign officially said, I'm not about defunding the police. I do not agree with defunding the police. So I don't know how that's going to play. Because, because these police unions are how you get elected president. Yeah, I, I know, but did country. you see the mayor of Minneapolis in the crowd yesterday or two days ago? Yeah. And they said, straight yes or no question. But Will again, you commit to abolish you, and defund the police? And he's like, I yes. can't just say that. Like, I'm not going to. Listen, again, the accountability vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
once these police are funded up, dude, they got so much guns and shit and shit and evidence lockers that they could sell and, you know, pay their people. And they've got, they've got pension contracts that are, you know, written in blood and, you know, we pay that shit, you know, we buy those rubber bullets with our tax dollars, you know, we, we buy the Humvees and the fucking. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm ba- I'm basically shit. saying like, yeah, they have to have all that shit, and they first of all they have to have an arsenal that no, can compete with its fucking don't. citizens, right? Like, you can't like you need to be stocked up if your fucking if your uh, citizens can have AR-15s. You know what I mean? Like, you you kind of need the firepower to fight. Yeah, back. but you can't have AR-15s in New York City. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want every cop having an AR-15. I want right, the tactical. And, but in New York City, every cop has basically a fucking you know plutonium shield gun. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> there's forty thousand of them. It's like that is the best example. And I think Minnesota is an example of a runaway freight train too. You know where you've got all these people who don't live in the city. You know, coming in. And policing the fucking shit out of the city. Mm. And they don't live there, you know? It's like pretty bad. These cops in New York, they live, you know, on Long Island and in Staten Island and, you know, shit like that. And they come into fucking East New York and, you know, for fun, they send a rookie, you know, by him or herself into the most violent housing project, you know, and watch the body cam with glee and anticipation of what uh follies shall you know follow it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) look we have to get healthcare you know healthcare needs to be working hand in hand you know with police at this point you know like if you get arrested you need to get like look yeah that's a great idea to your house the the fire department doesn't just come right the fire department comes, the ambulance, ambulance. comes, yep. and the police come, right? Yep. If if you overdose at my house, the ambulance doesn't just come. The ambulance comes, the fire department comes, and the fucking police come. You know what I'm saying? So it should just be tied in with getting arrested. It should be like, hey, we need to do a I welfare think, check, make sure you're all right. Like, we can bring you in for your safety and our safety. And Or you can you can, you can have the right to that, you know? Yeah, you, you have should, the right should. to yeah. EMS evaluation and uh, escort. Before you're taken you know, away, yeah, or or they they come with you. You know, they're there for the whole. I mean, look, and that and what that will do for one is it will make, you know, people start really thinking about, you know, is this worth it? You know, we have, you know, is is what we're doing going to stand up under scrutiny? You know, it's a it's an instant scrutinizer. You know what I'm saying? Which is the problem is part of the problem with this accountability vacuum. I keep talking about is the the deferment of scrutiny a lot of these police contracts they have contracts in the bargaining agreement that say you can't publicize discipline yeah that's fucked up and you can't f- figure out why they were disciplined what happened and all that like that's really messed up but some I do of these think, laws like- are nuts dude there's 35 states where i can have sex with someone that i'm arresting that's interesting there was a girl who was raped by two NYBT officers. Oh, and they said, oh, it was consensual. And they claimed she consented. And New York is one of apparently 35 states where an arresting officer can have intercourse with a detainee. That's cute. Not. I mean, that is like, that is like weird, dude. Like, that is glaring. You know what I'm saying? 
That's one of those things that like you need a leader, you need a president, a mayor, a governor who is going to step in and be like, all right, dude, that needs to change. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that is just and like, why would that even be the case? Like why? What? That makes me think like how parliamentary is that statute? Like, was that literally written during slave trade? Yeah, I don't know. In what universe would you ever even scribe that statute? Like specifically making it okay? Yeah, like I'm going to wake up and go to work to, to, you know, legislate this today. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Epstein and, you know, Bill Clinton maybe. I mean, holy fucking shit, dude. Wow. Like a lot of this shit is violations of the Geneva Convention. You know what I'm saying? Like this, we're doing shit to people that you know we don't even do to like people in the countries that we're like destroying god i hate saying we that the u.s oh man yeah i don't know man it's gonna be an ugly fucking election but i'm not sure man Uh, now that i think about it i think we're probably looking at a second term of trump because i think the police unions just dig in trump digs back up next to them they have massive voter intimidation and voter fraud and, you know, union vote block, you know, electorate purchasing. And um, I just, I can't see Biden getting it done. You know, I, did, I can't see, I, it's one of those things where I have to see it, you know, like, like as the Clippers are going to win, they're just going to have to prove me wrong, you know? Yeah. Like I, I need to see them do it. I need to see Joe do it. I can't at this point predict that the man with the hairy legs is going to unseat a sitting U.S. president, even though it is literally like a sitting U.S. president who is. And that's crazy, man, to be dumber than Ronald Reagan, you know, to be dumber than George W. Bush. Um, is a dumb fucker, man. It's pretty bad. I guess that's all I got, man. Um, is there anything else we missed? No, nah, I think so. I mean, I don't it's know. the Riot Olympics. So, okay, you have to give your medals, okay? For Who are cities? you giving your bronze medal to? Bronze medal coming in at number three in the Riot Olympics. We have... Washington, D.C. Who do you have? You have D.C.? Okay, I'm going to Oakland. Who do you have, Silver? Silver, I got Los Angeles. Mm. I'm going New York. Okay, and then my and gold, gold medal goes to Minneapolis. They burned down a fucking precinct, right? They have to yes. have it? Yes, Incredible. For me, yeah, I think L.A. You want to talk about the unrest in L.A. since that's where you are uh, near? Yeah, I mean, I, here's the deal. I, You know, I, I love protest and i love the first amendment i love right to be able to do that i love it i fucking love it what i don't really like is when people take advantage of that and then just start fucking rioting and breaking fucking businesses that they don't even know who owns the business or who it is because most likely it might be someone who's a quote-unquote minority who you're actually really fucking over because you think the blm or or 
anti-police or whatever movement dessert needs to have that extra yeah, but it was mostly like the grove like it wasn't like no no I, swap meet you know what i'm saying no i know but there, there was there's a lot of stores that are on third uh third street and uh fucking what is it uh La, uh is it la brea and how many of them fairfax are black what am i saying right off of fairfax all along melrose and all that and stuff. how many of those are black owned i I, I will tell you this. I bet you the majority are brown-owned. No. It's, I, so what, yes. we can't say. But the point is, if you want to burn down a Target, go for it. Be well, sure. Well, yeah, there's a huge targets. difference between, bur- yeah, like fucking with like a giant chain that's like, oh, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll Be a that. thousand percent. Yeah. You and go then get a the mom and pop store shoes. that's like, yo, we just shattered their window. Like they might be bankrupt now. <laughs> like that. Well, and that's, like that's the like, interesting yeah. thing is a lot of these, like we talked about, a lot of these businesses have been closed already for oh, a yeah. long time. Like, Absolutely. The New York thing is a real quandary to me. Uh, I really found that interesting because they boarded that shit up early, man. I'm telling you, bro, like the second to last week of March, all of Manhattan boutiques were boarded up. That's amazing. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Anyway, white people, shut the fuck up. Retweet some black people. Go read Cornell West and James Baldwin and just shut the fuck up. You want to you wanna know the best um, advice I've ever got? The best advice I've ever read or seen or anything. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Okay. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Just, well, and furthermore, dude, like, this is not, you You can't really be an ally unless you are prepared to, like, literally go undercover for the Black Panthers. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's deal. This, this is the type of allies that black people need right now. They don't need people doing Instagram posts. They need literal, like, people to go undercover and, like, expose, like, the guy in the GBI did with the KKK and the Atlanta child murders. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, this is the type of shit that, that people need, so whatever white people shut the fuck up strip club dj podcast episode 110 shout my guy co piscopo uh will be coming back sooner rather than later let's hit the uh special theme music one time on the way out geo then uh, for today yeah special uh barrington let's hit him with it all right peace y'all one love